Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bird Babble Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Robin, and we're volunteers at the Rocky Point Bird Observatory located in beautiful Machosan, British Columbia on southern Vancouver Island. This is a show where we talk about the birds, the banding stations, various projects, and the volunteers at the observatory. On this show, we'll be talking to Sea Watch coordinator Daniel Donachy during a Sea Watch session out at East Souk Park. This past Easter long weekend. Yes. But first, a few updates on what's happening at the observatory. The 2020 AGM took place a few weeks ago virtually on Zoom. For the second year in a row. For the second year in a row. And Andrew Harcombe did a presentation of a trip that he and his wife Gail took to the Eastern Arctic. Boy, it looked really cold there. It did, but what a fantastic trip. You know, they actually even did a, what, like a polar bear dip Yeah. there, and uh, apparently you have to do it. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not very good at getting cold water. I think they give you a free drink at the end. <laughs> <laughs> And the following week, the Board of Directors met virtually, of course, like we've been doing for the past year. And the executive for the 2021 year were selected with Jennifer Mm -hmm. Armstrong moving up to the president position from vice president. Yeah. And Yannicka Chick moved up from secretary, taking on the role of vice president. And thank goodness Gail Harcombe is staying (laughs) on as the treasurer because she does an amazing job. She does. And Andrew Harcombe is now the secretary. Yeah, so welcome to the new executive team for the Rocky Point Bird Observatory. We also have two new directors at large that are joining the team. Michael Newman, who's been a longtime volunteer. And Christine Heilman, she'll be joining you also. Yes, another exciting year. Yeah, 2021 is going to be amazing. And a big shout out to Kim Beardmore, the president who's stepping down. So he's now becoming the past president. Now he's not going anywhere. No, we won't let him. No, no. He's going to be, <laughs> you'll, you'll see Kim around the banding stations just as we have seen in the past. And, you know, his, his career in the past was a, he was a naval officer. Yes. And he's got some hidden talents. Yes. And one of those talents, he's really good with ropes. Oh, perfect. So <laughs> I've got some I've got some jobs that I, I'm pretty sure I can put Kim to uh, work to fill up his time now that he's not serving on the executive. So bravo, Zulu, Kim, on a job well done. And the spring migration has started? No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. And that means one thing, maps. Yeah, new birds, actually migrating birds are starting to arrive. Yes, they are. And, and what does MAPS stand for, oh, Mark? You're going to get me with this one. Monitoring Avian Productivity and Survivorship. Yeah. Did I get that? I got you that right. sure did. Anyways, yeah, so the MAPS is starting in about under a, two months now. Yeah, end of May. End of May. And this we have two sites. Two sites for 2021. Wh- Whitty's Lagoon, where we have been in the past. Yeah, and another one uh, is going to be at the Power to Be location on Prospect Lake. Now, mm-hmm. MAPS has been running since 1989 with uh, over 1,200 map stations across nearly every state and Canadian province, and they've collected more than 2.5 million bird capture records. Wow. That's, that's amazing. That's a lot of birds. Yeah. And Rocky Point is the westernmost map station in Canada. Uh, I think the closest one to us is in Kelowna. I think there's one. Mm-hmm. So, 
Once again, we've got our two sites up and running. We're looking forward to working with Power to Be, the yeah. amazing organization. And, and that's at the old Prospect Lake Golf Course. Yep. A wonderful piece of property there. Yep. So we've come, in, we've come to an agreement for a five-year partnership, and we're looking forward to working with their kids there and getting them involved with our MAPS program. Mm-hmm. And of course, the volunteers and board members are hard at work behind the scenes getting things ready for the 2021 year. Permits are being completed and the banding staff are being hired being hired by the, the various coordinators. And of course, we're making sure that the equipment is well prepared. And we spent Easter Sunday out in the backyard stringing up 28 nets, brand new mist nets. <laughs> and uh, we, we were color coding them to help the volunteers put them up easier in, uh, in the field. So now it's time for our interview with Daniel Donaghy yeah. out at Sea-Watch. Now, Sea-Watch takes place at a location on southern Vancouver Island at a location called Beachy Head. Yeah. And it's the southernmost point on Vancouver Island that the public can access. And our location, our perch, is... <laughs> yeah, it actually is a perch. It's a little bit of a cliff that we sit on. Yeah. Yeah. It's about 75 feet above the high water line. Mm-hmm. We have a really good viewpoint of the Juan de Fuca Strait covering about about 17 kilometers across. And yeah. Looking over to the Olympic Mountains, yeah. look to the right, we see Sheringham Lighthouse. Look to the left. We see uh, Port Angeles. Port Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And Beautiful views. Yeah. Fantastic. We give, it gives us a, an amazing viewpoint to see all the migrating birds coming through. And of course, Daniel is, he thoroughly loves this project. We've been hanging out with him for the past year, uh, meeting up once a week with him, practicing our social distancing. And yeah, it's Sea-Watch has become part of our routine on a weekly basis too. So we think you'll enjoy this conversation we had during a Sea-Watch. Yeah, Above the water, here they come. One, two, straight out, four, five. Looks like 11. 12, 12 service quarters, going east. 12. Just going over those ships. Two pelagic cormorants. <laughs> oh, wow, these scoters are high, almost in the clouds. All service scoters, mostly male in that raft. Well, if you haven't guessed today where we're at, we're actually at Sea Watch. We're here with Daniel Donaghy, who is the the coordinator of the Sea Watch program for Rocky Point, and we just started the observation here. It's uh, Easter weekend, overcast, a little breezy, and the birds are just starting to come through. We've had a number of rafts of surf scoters, and we just thought we'd let the microphones run a little bit here so that we can maybe just uh, let you hear some of the excitement we experience when we get the big rafts of birds coming through. We've got a adult bald eagle on the rocks next to us. Here comes another raft just past Sheringham, quite high. Oh yeah, I got them just in a white cloud there. Oh yeah. 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 They're all moving with the, tail, the tailwind today. So here at Seawatch, it's a huge expanse area, but our area is, it's about 11 miles out, maybe 10, 11 either side of us. And the beauty about Seawatch is we get to see the birds for close up for maybe 15, 20 seconds at the most. Our guest today has been with Rocky Point now for how many years, Daniel? Oh gosh. 
I think it, I think it was uh, either 2011 or 2012. Okay. Some, somewhere about there. So let's call it 10 years. Let's call it 10 let's years. Let's call it 10 years. Daniel's on the board of directors and is also the one of the co-chairs for the Scientific Advisory Committee, like I said, as well as being the coordinator of the Sea Watch program. Welcome to the uh, podcast again, Daniel. It's hey, great to be here. It's, it's great to have you out. Yeah, we started with you. Uh, actually, I think you were on our second episode of our podcast last year, and we had just started actually be, you know, coming out to Sea Watch with you. And, and I think you started liking it. I, I think we'd, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. You can't seem to stay away. I yeah, love well, it. we're kind of obsessed. You know, it's sort of our week weekend ritual to come out here and watch birds go by. We've got a gull here. I think we that's glauca swing. That's one mugol. One mugol. Oh, it's a mugol. Okay. Is anybody counting mugols? No. Not yet. One mugol east. Four birds right on the water in front here. Just oh, low. these are all loons. All loons. Oh, Pacific all loons. Yeah. Look at them. Four Pacific loons. Nice. Now, one of the things about Daniel and. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll admit this, but I think of all the volunteers that we have at Rocky Point, Daniel gets the most excited when he <laughs> sees birds. <laughs> like, it's like wow. opening up a Christmas present. Yeah. Daniel just Every thoroughly time. enjoys watching the birds as, as, as on Sea Watch. It's, it's quite amazing to, to see it here. Yeah. But the enthusiasm is what gets everybody else all excited too. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's something so special. Like you see these birds, and, and we really, we don't really know how far they just came from, right? But they're definitely migrating. They might have flown up from the Bay of California. They might have just come in from the open ocean, or they might just have come from Sheringham Point. We don't know, but they're they're coming through here in big numbers and, and expending lots and lots of energy to get up. And it changes every week. And it changes every week. The dynamics changes every week. Of all the sea watches we've been doing, there's there's no duplicate, no, no duplicates, right? Yeah. It's, it's always you get you get a, a new mix of birds coming through. Sometimes it's really really busy. Sometimes it's not busy. You never know what you're gonna get. You never get. know what you're gonna get. Yeah. You have some kind of an idea, like you said this morning. The one on the water. There's one on the water. Bird. Is a single male surf scoter going east? Okay. You never know what you're gonna get, and and uh, but but you have some kind of an idea. Oh, here's something going west. Uh, Pitching guillemots. One pitching guillemot leading to rhinoceros auklets. I'm just going to take a picture. West? In breeding plumage already, the uh, going west. Yeah, one pitching guillemot leading two rhinos west. Just about maybe uh, 800 meters out here, maybe a kilometer out here. Here comes another pack loon going east. Robin's got another loon. Oh, yeah. And a special note, Daniel Seawatch. The anniversary of Sea Watch just came up. Oh yes, yes, yes. So how many years? It's been five years. Five, five years. years of basically coming out here once a week. Um, you know, weather permitting. There's there's fog shutting us down in the summer. There's uh, the occasional ice and snowstorm, but but the winters winters usually most pers most uh, persistent. We're coming out here once a week. Um, and you've and you've been primarily the person that's been coming out here with teams of other people, but you've, you're the one that's been leading the the Sea Watch program during that five-year period. Yes, but it's been it's been hard. Here comes a cormorant. One pelagic cormorant. Yeah. It's been it's been just awesome to to come out with people that are also enthusiastic about Sea Watch, like you guys. And and I've had many people come out here and 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 really liking it, but. 
but you stuck it out the longest here <laughs> for over a year now. And you your wife Susan is here today and scribing Susan, yeah, yeah. for Susan us, which is Hi, lovely. Susan. She's Hi. doing the most important thing, she scribes so we, we don't lose any of our birds <laughs> yep. on the way to the eBird checklist. Yeah, Susan can, can look at the paperwork as we are basically looking out to sea to see what's going by. More eyes really help here. Now this, this program, uh, we've been able to keep the program going through the pandemic because Number one, it's at a remote location off of Beachy Head. Huge draft of surf scooters Yes, guys, coming. here comes traffic. Okay, here we oh, go. It's going to keep flattery and shooting points. But go ahead, Mark, because it's going to be a while before they get here. Big raft of scooters. <laughs> okay, so it's uh, it's happening. It's about here a mile come. and a half away right now, and it's heading towards our way here. So we got a Pelagia cormorant just coming below us here. Yeah, yeah. and a Canada goose. I got 25, yeah. 25 surf scooters approaching here. There's still a long ways out. Yeah, the beauty from this location, we're able, the vast area we're able to see on a clear day like this, we can pick these birds up from such a distance through the scope. And then uh, as they get closer, we can really get to identify what's in that flock of birds. So we know that they look like surf scooters coming towards us, but there could be white wing scooters in there. There could be the odd black scooter in there. And this, uh, this time of year, April, they often, other ducks uh, or even dabbling ducks are mixed in. Right. With the surf scooters. I've temporarily lost them. Ro uh, Robin, are you still on them? Nope. They dropped down a bit and they were super fast. Okay, where are they? They can't just, uh, a flock, a raft of 25 surf scooters can't just disappear like that. Okay, they are, here they are. Okay, they're directly in line with Cape Flattery and they're low, super low on the water. Directly in line, just a little left of Cape Flattery now. Anyways, happy uh, happy fifth anniversary, Daniel, yes. for your Sea Watch. Uh, quite an accomplishment. This program is, uh, you know, other than the the regular banding programs we got. This is oh, guys, they're not scoters at all. What are they, Daniel? They're brand brand Yes, there's only two scoters with them. They were <laughs> they were so long ago, so far away. I, okay. I just ID'd them, but now that they're only about two kilometers away, I can tell they're yeah. actually brand keys. And if you're wondering how we can see them two kilometers away, well, we have high-powered spotting scopes, basically, uh, that allow us to extend our visibility out to sea. And oh, wow. We, Here it, they come. It's not unusual for us to pick up birds four or five miles away in the scopes. Yeah. And identify them by uh, not only their the color, but their wing beat, and of course their shape. A goose would have a different- Here they come. Look. There's two surf scoters by themselves. And a pelagic cormorant going east as well. East. Yep. And they're, they're a couple hundred meters offshore here. Big flock of branch geese. And we'll, you know what we'll do is we'll put some of these pictures up. Uh, and of course on our Bird Babble Facebook and Instagram page. So you just get an idea what we're looking at. Yep, 26. 26 yep. sounds good. Oh, this is great. Yeah. even the scribe gets it right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and so, no, the scribe is, is, is really important because, of course, yep. part of the sea watch is that after we're done with it, all the, the numbers are entered into eBirds, so they're, you know, preserved for perpetuity, and, and we can analyze them easily, do do an annual report for the sea watch, and, and hopefully now that we've got five years of data, maybe look at some of the longer trends. Right. Here's two rhinos in beautiful breeding plumage, stationary, just about oh. 80 oh, meters Oh, straight out. up, Daniel, right here. Oh, there's a... That's a scalp too, I think. No, that's a merganser. Merganser? It's going so fast. Yeah. Try to 
Yeah, no. Wow, good. That was a a red-breasted merganser going quite high. What, what's that? A red-breasted merganser. Thank you. I really tried to turn it into a pintail, but <laughs> well, the bill was was definitely merganser. Yeah. Well, there's a huge mammal sticking his head out of the water, like a either a sea lion or something else, or it's uh, it's the elephant seal. Oh my elephant gosh! Elephant seal. Really? Yeah, it's the elephant seal. Looks it looks like oh, a. Oh, I see him. Right. Look at that. Oh, that's our first one for the year. Nice. Yeah, the, the elephant scope. seal out here. Get him in the scope. You just never know what you're going to see out here. Well, over the past year, we've been lucky enough there to see uh, gray whales, humpback whales, orcas, or otherwise known as killer whales, uh, sea lions, sea otters. What yeah. else have we seen? Uh, uh, regular California seals. California sea lions. Um, uh, we had harbor seals here. Yeah. Um, we had porpoises here. Porpoises. So we're not only just, you know observing the birds, we're also seeing some of the the uh, animals that uh, live in. And so Susan, add two stationary uh, rhinos, please. Yes. I'm really hoping to see some uh, Bonaparte skulls out here. They they should be arriving. Yeah, they're due. They're due. And a couple of people have seen them in town, like from places like Clover Point, McMinning Point, in small numbers. So, oh, Daniel, yeah. straight yep. over the oh, mountains in the clouds. Yeah. yeah, you do. Looks like another raft of brants, maybe. Oh, in the clouds. Way up in the clouds. Way up in the clouds. Straight ahead over the mountain tops. Oh yes, yes, got yes, him? I got them. In the clouds, not that high in the clouds, but uh, they're pretty they big. Look, they must be brant. They are. Are they? Slow wing beat. In the clouds. Oh yeah, they're good eye, good spotting, and this is this is amazing. Like, uh, you know, if you're out here doing Sea Watch by yourself, you know, you can either look to the scope or you can look with your eyes, or you can look behind you, but you can never get all of them. So, the logic. Yeah, going westbound. You you can you you really see so much more with with you know multiple sets of eyes. And well, the different you know you have your different birds. You got your your birds that fly a little higher, like the. Uh, the geese and the the scoters and then you've got your uh, alcids that will be down on the water so with multiple eyes you can sort of split up the species of what you're looking at and in many cases we're using clickers because there's so many of one species that you just can't count them uh, one in ones and twos you just fire off your clicker it's much easier now interestingly enough last year when we did the, the podcast uh, recording for episode number two we stayed out an extra hour. Sea Watch actually used to be one hour. But yes. during that second hour, we found that there was a lot of birds that came through on the second hour. And, and, and sometimes and, a bigger number. Right. And <laughs> since that time, so at the fault of the Bird Babble podcast, yes. Sea Watch has now expanded to two hours, um, which is great because, you know, if you're going to come out this all this distance to watch birds for an hour, why not watch birds for two hours? Yes. And, and like last, uh, last time I was out here, you know, just a point in case, uh, there were more surf scoters in hour two than, than there were in hour one. Right. right? There were, hour one had more brand geese, but you know, it, there's. And we, on the second hour for the past year, we've actually had a couple of rarities come through. So. That's um, right too. We've had kitty wakes. Yeah, um, we had kitty wakes. Come through. Uh, we got a loon here, very low, close in, about a hundred meters. That's a red-throated. Red-throated loon. That's nice. good. There's five more. Uh, Loons or geese? No, probably scoters coming east here. You can hear Canada geese in behind us here. Two Canada Stay on geese them, Robin. going I'm not, west. I'm not on oh. them yet. Uh, what did you say? Oh, look behind us. Look at all the cormorants, double oh, crested. 
One, two, three, four. Yeah, see, that's what I was just saying. You would never, one person could never see all that. There's behind us, over the hawk watch, actually. Hey, Robin. Okay, Robin, I got you. Finally got your birds. 47 double crested cormorants. 47? Yeah. Okay. 48. Here comes another straggler. Yeah. So even though we have the birds in front of us over the water, we do get land birds like the double crested cormorants. They're the only cormorants that will fly over land. And of course, yeah, they were right behind us here. We do get songbirds that come in, uh, yellow rump warblers. We probably will hear them today here. Uh, we get the red cross. Comes another loon. Okay, one rhinoceros auklet going east. Now, even though we're seeing all these birds, this is actually, we would consider this a quiet morning. Because when it gets crazy out here, and all the alcids are going through in massive flocks, uh, it's not hard to run, off, run through a couple thousand birds. Is there two Pacific loons going east? That's a east? pelagic cormorant in breeding plumage. Yep, they're just starting to show nice breeding plumage. Yeah, white patch in the uh, shoulder of the wing. Two Pacific loons going east. And you have those five surf scoters going east? Yeah, the scribe is busy trying to keep up. Now, yeah, the scribe <laughs> is an underrated position within the observatory. Even in the migration programs, they're the ones that are taking the data that's being observed. And that data, like Daniel said, goes into eBird and it also goes into the data that we use for scientific studies. Um, so, yeah, the scribe, very important position. At the banding station, they get one bird at a time being banded. At Sea Watch, we might have multitudes going by at the right. same time and also different directions. Right, so a very critical role in the organization is a scribe. Thanks uh, for mentioning direction, Robin. So at Sea Watch, we record uh, what the birds are doing, right? So are they going east, are they going west, or are they stationary, right? So sometimes in the fall, we get rafts of birds staging here. Uh, in the Strait of Juan de Fuca, Murs with their youngs, rhinoceros auklets with their youngs that come here to feed. And so in August and September, it's not uncommon to see hundreds or even thousands of these birds on the water. And, and other times a year, these birds are just traveling through. Right? So we record the birds as moving east, moving west, or uh, being stationary. And the other thing we actually make note of, there's a lot of ocean going traffic here. Tankers, the US Navy, we get to see every once in a while their nuclear submarines. We'll see on the other side of the Juan de Fuca Strait, which is uh, where we're looking right now. Uh, we can, we're actually looking across Juan de Fuca to the United States, the uh, Olympic Peninsula. I got, I got a redneck grebe way offshore going east. How far out, Daniel, are you looking at that bird on In your the scope? shipping lane. So how far is that bird? Uh, Maybe four kilometers. Yeah, four kilometers through a scope. Uh, we're I able to identify. see the double white wing patches. Yeah. Uh, I can see the feed dangling behind the wing bead. Yeah, it, it all, there it is. It's about to intercept with this freighter there. Yeah. Right now, in front of the freighter. This one is the, the Newsworth, the IVS Newsworth. Now, when we first started Sea Watch with Daniel, we had no idea what we were looking at. It's, it's, it's like if you looked at songbirds for the first time, they all look like little brown jobs. Well, we come out here, they all look like big black jobs. But it didn't take long to pick up the subtle differences between each bird. And, bef you know, before we 
near it, we could identify a white-winged scoter two miles off just by wing beat and uh, the wing patches. So, yeah. Now you guys, you guys had a really steep learning curve, and you did really, really well. Like, well, it's saturation learning, right? The more you come out here, the, the yes. and the repetitive coming out, you your brain learns the the things it needs to learn, so you can identify these birds while you're doing the sea watch. You come some alsets, uh, about a kilometer offshore. They look like rhinos. Yes, they are. Four rhinos moving east, okay. and three rhinos have uh, built up stationary off Peachy Head here. Now, typically, Daniel, this is this is really low for rhinos. Yes. When we get into the peak, how many rhinos are we going to? Rhinoceros awkward. How many rhinos are we going to have here? Peak uh, uh, peak time for them for in, in terms of moving birds is usually March. right wing scoter low going eastbound, just coming around the corner here. Nice. Yes. Okay. Yeah, when uh, in March we sometimes pick up uh, 400 rhinos per hour. Per hour. Yeah. And that's on top of everything else we're seeing. That's on top of everything else we're seeing. The murres, um, you know, the the the, the uh, murrelets. Oh, well, there's uh, some more birds in the two uh, birds flying in the shipping lane. Yeah. Hi. Just coming up to the fish boats there. Coming up to the fish boat, they look like scoters. Oh yeah. They are. Um, White wing scoters, two white wing scoters. Yeah. Nice. Two male. East. Going east. Very, yeah. very dark. Very the, dark. The white wing scoter just passed in front of us. It was actually pale, female. These white wing scoters are uh, black in color with the white wing patches, and those birds are about maybe uh, three, four kilometers out. Yeah, they're about to intercept with the ship. Yeah. So they're, I've you got, can't see them with your naked eye, but you pick them up with the, with the binoculars and if you want a really close look. And I got two more here closer in. You just get them with the Coming scope. east. Robin's got two more coming in over the water? Yeah. Oh yeah. And using the cameras, we bring our telephoto cameras out here with us. We get pictures of these birds for ID purposes because we do get rare birds coming through here, like a black scoter is a rare bird for Victoria, so uh, quite often at Sea Watch, we get the black scoters before anybody else sees black scoters yeah, that's around a... southern Vancouver Island. So, yeah, I think there's the three rhinos here off Beachy Head. Yeah, and quite often we use the abbreviated, abbreviated names for these birds. Like we don't say rhino rhinoceros auklets, we say rhinos. Yeah, we don't say California gall, right? We just say Cali. Cali's, uh, you know, nicknames. Um, yeah, so. Well, out of necessity, because sometimes it's so busy, you just don't have time to speak the, the full word. Yeah. There's too much yeah. going on. We don't say Pacific loon, we'll say pack loon. Um, just little things like that. Yeah, I think those are the three rhinos. You think, do you already have them? Which one is it, Susan? Okay, honey, which one is it? Very yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The deaf, deaf scribe gets it right. <laughs> you have the three rhinos stationary I've got already. A I think. Right? Call for you, Robin, in the shipping lane going west. Okay. This weekend we we actually don't have many gulls, but about a month ago we had the clickers going full blast because we had so many gulls of different species here that not a single person could count them. <laughs> so we each took a species and just fired the clicker away and and uh, we, yeah, were, we had large numbers of new gulls like 300 400 gulls we had California gulls migrating through we had our sort of local glaucuswing gulls mixed in and then a few Iceland gulls and we even had a herring gull 
Yeah. And a western gull. And we had a western gull. Yeah. And that's when we saw the kittiwake. Oh, oh, bald eagle just flew oh, past wow. us here. Now that would be the one that was just sitting on the rock. And there's a mew gull going west. That's a cali. Look at the bill. Yeah. Cali and going west. Nice black, west. nice black wingtips yeah. with the window on mm -hmm. the wingtips. The thing that I've come to really appreciate at Sea Watch is watching birds in flight. Uh, a lot of times you'll get to see a surf scoter on, on the water stationary, but there's something magical of watching the birds in flight. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more, Mark. Uh, birds in flight, and you know, often these birds will be a long way out, but every once in a while they're not. Every once in a while they're come by right here at like, you can almost reach out at eye level. You yeah. get a flock of, you know, 30 surf scoters in beautiful colors, the males and, and their, the sun's, you know, lighting them up. And it's just, it's just amazing to watch them in. Here they and it's just, catchers. it's very temporary, right? Yeah. Because they might be moving with 60 kilometer an hour at flight speed. We, we timed them actually with, when, in, our, in the days of early sea watch when, when Kathy Carlson still lived in Fishboat Bay. Uh, she would do a simultaneous sea watch, Ian at 10 mile point, Kathy Carlson at Fishboat Bay and, and us out here at Beachy Head. And we take pictures and photograph of rafts of scoters. And I would take the, I would photograph her scoter rafts about 20 minutes after after she'd taken a picture of them, they would come by here at Beachy Head. So we, we could estimate, uh, you know, the dynamics within the flocks because they would split up and reform. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and of course, the speed of, of flight, uh, the, the velocity. And, and then imagine if we have a, a 30 knot wind sometimes, you know, 25, 30 knot wind. So they, they, they go with double the speed. So they might go with a tailwind, they might go over 100 kilometers an hour. So they're just yeah. whizzing by here. Right? Yeah. Just, uh, don't have a lot of time to no. get your bins on them. So not only are we recording the data uh, uh, that Susan's uh, taking, quite often we have to go home and look through hundreds of photographs to get the, the ones that we want to put up on eBird as well. Two rhinos going east. Oh, we got a big flock coming in really low here. Oh yes. About a hundred, and less than a hundred meters offshore. Take a picture, Mark. Those are surf scoters. Yeah. I have a hunch we're gonna find some Bonaparte skulls today coming through, but they're really tricky because they're usually offshore, they're not close, and they're tiny. But they have a really distinct flight. They, they really fly really buoyant, turn-like, with these really pointed, sharp, angled wings. And maybe some of them will transition into breeding plumage, so they have this beautiful black head contrasting with the rest of the body which is white so Daniel why don't we just got seems I have a little bit of a break here in the bird action um, maybe just tell us a little bit about the Rocky Point Scientific Advisory Committee you guys are got a number of projects underway uh, right now the uh, the modus pro project that we've been working on yeah modus is one of our projects we're trying to get through uh, and so Modus is a, is a technology where you, you attach a, a tiny little transmitter uh, onto a bird uh, that broadcasts uh, an FM signal, a radio signal. And, and so if you, if you erect antennas and the bird flies within 10 kilometers of the antenna, the antenna picks up the signal of the bird. And so the signal is unique. So, you, so every bird that has a Modus tag has a fingerprint signature 
signal that it broadcasts so you can identify the bird and on, on the east coast um, of North America and there, there's like a belt of towers so you've got them you know you've got good good coverage so if a, if a bird is you know tagged and, and starts migrating south you can ping him on every on his way down south on all these towers and you get really really good spatial data on, on migration um, but uh, on the west coast until very recently MODIS was non-existent and uh, and so this is slowly starting to change as Environment Canada and Environment and Climate Change Canada uh, putting up towers in um, uh, near Tofino and and uh, you know planning to put on more MODIS towers on the east coast of Vancouver Island on Haida Gwaii so we're starting to get a, a MODIS network going on here on the west coast and so we want to be part of that uh, we're working on uh, getting a permit to uh, erect a, with Environment Canada in, in collaboration to erect a, a motor tower on race rocks. Right. Um, so race rocks basically is important because it is basically the, the southernmost point, so, sort of still associated with the point of land with, with associated with Vancouver Island. So birds that are leaving Vancouver Island often you know, as we as we notice when we catch them in migration at Rocky Point, as they come through, uh, we see them leaving. Here are some more birds coming. So we find it's an ideal location for a mortis tower. Partnering with the uh, Lester B. Pearson College of the Pacific, is that right? That's right. They're the uh, you know the wardens, the guardians of the uh, Race Rocks Archaeological Reserve, and and it, it's sort of nice because it fits their mission statement too of doing. Uh, doing a bit of research and uh, and so it's it's I think it's a win-win situation for everybody right and another project that we're involved with and partnering up actually with a, a university down in the states the University of California Davis I believe it is they're doing yeah. a golden crown sparrow project yes and uh, one of our board of directors Eric Demiris who's uh, based in Nanaimo has uh, partnering up with them to get some get some data yeah so the story here was that uh, um, those those researchers uh, down in California they really like to know more about uh, uh, the golden crown sparrows their their wintering grounds their summering grounds their migrating routes their timing and so they're thinking of studying the isotopes the isotopic fingerprints in the feathers of golden crown sparrows they will tell them something about at what latitude they were molting and uh, to do that, you, you need a you need a, a number of, of feather samples, and and of course these researchers were hoping to get some you know northern wintering golden crown sparrows, uh, but but COVID of course shut all the borders down, so they couldn't travel up here and sample them themselves, and so they've reached out to us, and and, and luckily Eric was doing a banding program up at Vancouver uh, Island University in. And he gets lots of golden crown sparrows. Yeah, like we all do <laughs> at this time of year, yeah, right? So, so I think the only bird he got more of were, were towhees. <laughs> right, so, so, uh, got, oh, more surf scoters. More scoters, yeah. So he was able, I think, to um, supply 29 uh, samples of 29 golden crown sparrows, just little feather clippings. It doesn't hurt the bird, it doesn't yep. impair the bird. Yeah, and at the same time, they get banded and uh, it adds to, uh, you know, to their program that they've done. So once again, Rocky Point's partnering with an uh, uh, organization down in the States, this, you know, in, this, in this case, a university, uh, and sharing data and uh, obtaining data for them. 
which is a great thing. Yeah, and I think our best projects, a lot of them, they've all sort of come out collaborations, right? So where you partner up with another organization or an institution, yeah. and everybody's got their strength, and if you all collaborate together, amazing stuff gets done. Yeah. There we go. Hey, that's the signal. That's, that's the one. signal for our okay. one of Sea Watch. Quite often what we'll do is we'll look at these photographs that we take of the surf scoters that are real close in. And this is sometimes where we actually find like the black scoter. Oh yeah, well if you got a if you got a raft of 85 surf scoter whizzing by with, you know, 80 kilometers an hour yeah. with a tailwind, there's there's no way you're going to you're going to visualize every single bird in that raft. Right. And so that's when taking a picture comes in really handy because you can, you know, from at home, from the comfort of your armchair, you can scan through these. Right. And mixed flock flying is a, oh, that's one of the things that really. Yes. They really are flying together in, in migration. You see, you see all it's kinds of different here. birds, um, you know, joining each other. There will be cormorants flying with the surf scooters. There'll be merse flying with scurf scoters. There'll be merse flying with rhinos. Um, they're really, you know, they... Two surf scoters going east. One California gull going west. Yeah, you'll get a flock of 50, 60 birds. And, you know, you, you glance at them and think, oh, they're all, all one species. But when you really look at them, you can get mures in there, you can get rhinos in there, you, you can get green green teal, pintails, yeah. organzers, um, mallards. mallards. Um, so it's really it's really important to look at the computer. Here we are! What do you got? Bonaparte skulls! Yeah. <laughs> Here they are, just intercepting that speedboat, going left of that speedboat, there's a whole flock of them. Yes, hour two comes through again. One, okay. two, maybe ten. I'm gonna try to get a picture of that. They're low over the water now, they're tiny. I can't Easy. See them at can all. easily miss them. Uh, probably 12. Okay. So when I said that Daniel gets really excited about birds, well, you just got to hear that. <laughs> oh um, man, this is awesome. My first Bonaparte skull of the year. There you go. And I got a picture of him. That's going on eBird too. Right on time. Right on time. You were asking, you were hoping to get, you were saying that on I the know, way. I was thinking, gee, you know, like. Maybe I'll get to see a Bonaparte skull today. Yeah. Oh, and we almost missed them. They were a long way out. Yeah. Gee, they were about a couple of kilometers out there. Yeah. And they're so tiny and so low to the water. Yeah. Um, to pick them up is that's pretty neat. Anyways, Daniel, it was great to. Uh, oh yeah. Talk to you today. Get uh, your insights to what's happening at Sea Watch and some of the other program, the scientific projects that are happening with Rocky Point. And we always look forward to coming out here every weekend and spending this time to look at the birds and oh it's it's a highlight it's yeah. a total highlight coming out here and and if you know if you guys are all you know interested some of our volunteers longtime volunteers uh trying out some water projects come out to sea watch yeah yeah it's definitely a highlight for me and it's a, a good 30 minute hike to get out here from the parking lot and 30 minutes back. and 30 minutes back which we of course are birding the whole way so it takes yeah. us an hour yeah, no, thank you so much for coming out and uh, doing Sea Watch. It's just awesome out here. Well, that was fun. It's always fun to go out and do Sea Watch with Daniel. It is. And of course, he got Bonaparte gulls that he was hoping he would get <laughs> right on time. Right on time, yeah. 
we thought we'd celebrate five years of Sea Watch, which took place in March 2021. Yeah. For five years, Daniel has been going out there once a week, all year round. And I think it was our actually we started about uh, just over a year ago. A year and also. a half ago, yeah. yeah. So it's an amazing thing to to witness. I'm and addicted now. Yeah, it's part of our weekly routine that uh, we get through the work week and yeah. we start planning for Daniel. Are we going out Friday? Are we going out Saturday? We have to be in the parking lot at Allard Farm at East Sioux Park at sunrise. We, so sometimes that's super, super early. Yeah, so we're one of the first in the parking lot and we get mm -hmm. to listen to the morning songbirds. We they heard a pygmy owl on the way out. Got a pygmy owl walking out to the uh, Beachy Head location, which was really, yeah. really quite special. And we've got a recording of that and that went onto our eBird checklist. And we get some good exercise. It's a half hour hike out there, uh, which no, takes us about yeah, 45, 45 minutes. <laughs> minutes to get there. And sometimes about an hour longer. and a half yeah. coming back. Sometimes longer, depending yeah. what we hear or what we see. Yeah. And this weekend, we also got our first orange crown warbler. Yeah, spring is spring definitely is here. definitely here. So we'll put some links in our show notes to our eBird checklists of where some of the birds we uh, we heard. Yeah, and some pictures. Some of the birds we on saw. On Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, so it gives you a bit of an idea of what uh, some of the bird species that we come across at the Sea Watch. And like Daniel said, if there's any volunteers that... We'd like to get involved in the Sea Watch program. All you have to do is uh, contact say, Daniel. Contact Daniel, and we'll get you all trained up just like we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> and that wraps up this episode of Bird Babble. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at birdbabblerpbo at gmail .com. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to check out the Rocky Point Bird Observatory pages on Facebook and Instagram. And to find out more information about the observatory, go to their website at rpbo.org. The Bird Babble podcast can be found on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also follow us on the Bird Babble podcast Facebook and Instagram pages. So check out the links in the show notes. Music for this Bird Babble episode is provided by Purple Planet, and their website can be found at purple-planet.com. And until next time, take care, happy birding, and thanks for listening. <laughs>